0: Imagine a government that decided that everyone is going to have to take a medication for a medical risk. What is that government saying? Well, at its base, it is saying that it owns your body and can force you to take a vaccine. That's one thing if you're a subject of a government. If the government owns your body or can exert authority over your body, well, yes, it can tell you as an individual that you must do what it says. Now, it's not that you're obliged to follow the government's wishes, but you are mandated to follow the government's rules. In the end, you may be asked to do something, but your decision is not voluntary, because what a government that can force you to do what it wants is actually saying is that it is willing to use force against the individual if that individual refuses to do what the government says. On a linear spectrum of an individual's condition, You may see anarchy on one side and slavery on the other. Now, anarchy, it has no government to tell you what it wants you to do. So you own your body and you own your decisions. But here's the thing. Most likely, life is hard for you. Because the rules you must follow are the rules of the jungle. The biggest, baddest mother****** is in charge. The person who threatens the most and can follow up on those threats with violence He gets to tell you what to do. So you may not have a government, but there are still rules and hierarchy. Now on the other side of that spectrum, you might see slavery. Slavery is quite simple, really. You have your life, but you don't own your life. Others own you. They can decide what you do with your body. They may tell you where to sit, stand, walk, what clothing you wear, what kind of education you get or don't get. They'll determine what your job is, what you eat. They will tell you if you can own firearms, knives, and they will tell you when to shut up. And actually, they can even decide who you mate with. Forget about love. They will willingly use force against you, and they and they alone will determine what kind of punishment you receive for doing something that displeases them. Well, in this episode... We're going to explain who desires to own your life. I'm going to prove my point through COVID, the COVID vaccine, and then I'm going to walk us into what this all means for a future civil conflict, since, well, this is the upcoming American Revolution podcast. So there's that. My name is Kali, and let's get into this. Okay, thank you for coming back and listening to this episode of the upcoming American Revolution podcast, the most controversial podcast you likely listen to. I've actually been told that several times from listeners, and now I'm actually kind of proud of it. Today's going to be no different. I'm going to start this episode off by taking you back a few years. Let me paint a picture for you. Just breathe sit in a cross-legged yoga pose on the floor close your eyes and breathe in and out in and out let's go back to 2020 and a strange virus starts spreading in wuhan china china closes its borders around wuhan so people cannot travel into wuhan or throughout china from wuhan but They let the Chinese people and foreigners within Wuhan fly in and out of China and travel all around the world for some unknown reason. Well, over the next few months, the world becomes infected. First, it's identified as the Wuhan virus, then the China virus, then SARS, then someone finally settles on COVID-19. The world goes crazy and honestly, still has not settled down nearly four years later. Governments around the world started demanding that people stay in their homes. Countries that proclaim to be free become virtual dictatorships overnight. Every country throughout the world goes nuts. China starts welding people into their apartments and killing pets on the streets while people starve to death in their apartments. Countries like Italy, Spain, France, and the United Kingdom start arresting people for being outside. Not wanting to be outdone on the totalitarian scale, New Zealand, Australia, and Canada start sending their police in to arrest people for being in the fresh air also, even if they're by themselves. The totalitarians known as prime ministers start talking full dictator. Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand, when faced against the risk to individuals, then stood up and said, the craziest shit ever.
1: The worst case scenario is simply intolerable. It would represent the greatest loss of New Zealanders' lives in our history, and I will not take that chance. I would rather make this decision now and save those lives and be in lockdown for a shorter period than delay, see New Zealanders lose loved ones, and their contact with each other for an even longer period. I hope that you are all with me on that decision. Together we do have an opportunity to contain the spread and to prevent the worst. I cannot stress enough the need for every New Zealander to follow the advice I have laid out for you today. As a government, we will, and I hope you have seen this, we will do everything in our power to protect you. Now I'm asking you, to do everything you can to protect all of us. None of us can do this alone. Your actions will be critical to our collective ability to stop COVID-19. Failure of anyone to play their part in coming days will put the lives of others at risk and there will be no tolerance for that. We will not hesitate to use our enforcement powers if needed.
0: Now it doesn't sound too bad on the outset, but what she did was she claimed the citizens' freedom and liberties for the government. Her police began arresting citizens, sometimes violently. She put them on passes to travel. She created camps. That I'm not going to call concentration camps, no. She called them managed isolation camps. So small victories. I mean, even though concentration is kind of like managed isolation. Anyways... It was the same for Australia and Canada. Their prime ministers not wanting to be left out also started arresting people for traveling. They harassed and arrested people for being in parks, walking their dogs, and even for speaking out against their government's tyranny. They arrested people for traveling out of their provinces without government permission. Canada became highly organized at harassing and repeatedly arresting church leaders, then put them in jails, increasing their odds of catching the virus the government wanted to keep them safe from. It was crazy. But it really shouldn't be a surprise. If you knew Justin Trudeau, you'll have heard the rumors and seen the photos, and you're aware of who his mom may have took a shot in the cooch from. You'll know who his dad may actually be <coughs> Castro <coughs> Fidel Castro, excuse me. Well, The United States was not immune from this totalitarian insanity. In many states, local governments tried their best to become totalitarian. They used police forces and tried to claim ownership of individuals by accusing them of violating ridiculous COVID mandates that they pulled out of their asses. Honestly, they didn't get too far, in most places anyway. But in some of the more ridiculous locations within America, Police did arrest and harass people for being in parks, walking their dogs, driving in cars by themselves, and generally utilizing their own freedoms and liberties. And I digress, but every one of those police officers who enforced COVID tyranny should be ashamed of themselves. Admittedly, most of the totalitarianism was left to the more, how do I say this, liberal or democrat parts of the country, but it still happened. The one saving grace for the United States is our republic form of government. By origin and design, there is no national police force like most countries have. So about half the states followed what I'm going to call the California and New York model, who had insane attempts to control and mandate the individual citizen, while the other states took more of what I call a Texas-Florida model, where even when there were mandates, People didn't really follow them due to their more conservative or Republican societal beliefs. They tended to challenge the government to do something about it. States like California mandated masks across the entire state. Then they would start arresting people for bullshit. They even arrested people for paddleboarding and surfing in the oceans by themselves when no one is around them except the crabs and the sharks. It was ridiculous. But in states like Texas... The states would eventually ban local governments from creating COVID mandates. They did so to protect the citizens from the liberal and democratic-led local and municipal governments who desire to apply COVID tyranny upon the individual. But examples of COVID tyranny occurred across the United States in the many cities and towns. Anyone who wants to have power enough to get elected as a politician naturally wants to tell other people what to do. It's in their nature. But then... With great government fanfare, the COVID vaccines arrive. And with little testing or study, and with legal immunity given to the vaccine producers using a new novel mRNA vaccine technology, people have been getting COVID vaccinations ever since. People have also been getting vaccine injured ever since. Obviously, it's not the majority of people, but it is a significant number. Do you recall the rule that sprouted up during Watergate? It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Well, that's what we're living through today. The U.S. government and the vaccine producers themselves have been hiding occurrences of vaccine injury. Now let's step back and apply some common sense. Every vaccine and every medication has some side effects. Some people are allergic to it. Others die from it. Those issues normally get flushed out through testing, but not the COVID vaccines. They were thrown to the market and government mandated people just take them. The media hasn't helped at all, but the cases of vaccine injury have become apparent and obvious by using your favorite search engine and searching the term, died suddenly. Plenty of vaccine takers, healthy people within populations of those who were forced to take the COVID vaccines, just died suddenly with no history of medical issues. They were dying suddenly of heart attacks and other circulatory conditions like myocarditis and massive blood clots, to which the government would blame on COVID-19, not the COVID-19 vaccine. They would blame it on COVID-19. This is the greatest crime in American history, aside from the election fraud in 2020. You know why. Look. There's something going on with the COVID vaccine. We're not supposed to say anything about it. The media will not cover it. The medical community will not study it. Apparently it's still too soon. And no, if you have a big enough name recognition, you're not supposed to say anything. It would be the equivalent of a white guy dropping the N-bomb in front of live TV cameras. Or like being a straight guy and dropping the T-bomb in 2024. You know the word that everyone used to call those people before? The one that every car guy used when referring to the transmission of a car for like 50 years? Yeah, well now that's enough to get you canceled, if you happen to care about that. But well, I don't. And I have no name recognition anyway, so I'll say it. The COVID vaccines are killing people now, and they will continue to kill people into the distant future. All of the people who have taken the shots will continue to be at risk of death from COVID vaccines. Whether you had the shot and die of myocarditis two weeks after getting the shot, two years after, or 22 years after you got the shot, the questions will always remain. were the COVID vaccines safe? I get it. Saying the vaccine is killing people will get the federal government's undies all twisted up, right around its balloon knot. It will then raid houses, shoot dogs, and throw people in jail because of, I don't know, January 6th insurrection or something. But it's true. Some more sheepish people didn't stop at one. Some have willingly taken two, three, or five boosters. But it's too late. Many of those people are now beginning to feel that they may not have helped their health as they now learn more and more about the vaccines and see that many of their friends are having strange medical issues after taking their shots. Now, even though one may be dubbed a conspiracy theorist, a vaccine denier, or an insurrectionist if you don't get in line, shut up, and blindly take the shots, there's little doubt that it's having a negative effect on some people. That's called a vaccine injury. And it is happening. Now that the COVID storm is coming to a true end, we're starting to get a look behind the curtains. We're seeing many countries begin to break down the numbers of their COVID deaths and injuries, and it's not looking good. Countries are realizing that the reactions to COVID may have been worse than the COVID itself. Many elderly Americans died not because they naturally caught COVID, but because they were kept in quarantine with others who had COVID. Others were forced to take the vaccine they didn't want to take, only to die suddenly, weeks or months later, due to heart issues or blood clots. But here's the twist of twists. It's the question of, how does this all affect a future civil conflict in the United States? And the answer is, that COVID is a true life representation of survival of the fittest. This is the evolution of humanity. In this case the people who could be forced into taking the shots by government are the weak. But don't be mad. It wouldn't be shocking if COVID and COVID-19 were killing those who did not take the vaccine. We'd all sit back and say, hey, the vaccine works. And those who refused to take the vaccine were obviously not the most fit to survive. They refused to take the vaccine and died. We would all say, hey, that's survival of the fittest. Now, if it was that obvious and apparent that the vaccine is saving lives, it would be great. But instead, we went from a vaccine creation, to people suggesting that those who have taken the vaccine would not get COVID, to those who got the vaccine would likely survive if they caught COVID, to a serious problem with COVID vaccine injuries and dying suddenly. But the people who did not take the shot Well, they did not, nor will not, ever become victim to any COVID vaccine injuries. Maybe they got COVID. Nature has spoken and determined that they were fit enough to survive. In the same sense, the people who would cave and take the vaccine because they're supposed to, or because it's mandated, or because government told them to do, when evidence shows it may be dangerous, well, those people are becoming victim to the vaccine, and therefore... They displayed that they are not the fittest to survive. This episode is not about the statistics of who dies and how. You can do your own research or you can continue to wait as more countries compile the data. Agencies around the world including the Centers for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, and numerous countries around the world are studying their own populations and they've accepted that there have been vaccine injuries and we're getting to the point where this cannot be hidden any longer. Now, what I'm doing is merely putting forward that COVID, the COVID vaccine, and the COVID mandates have collectively led to excess mortality. Just pointing it out. Excess mortality is the number of deaths observed during the crisis. In this case, we're talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, pandemic. And these are the excess deaths above and beyond what would have been expected under normal circumstances. Here's an example of what I mean. If an average of 30 people in a small town have died of food poisoning during the months of November to January over the past 40 years, but this year, there are 240 deaths from food poisoning. Well, we know there's something going on because there are 210 deaths in excess of what we're expecting. Now, excess deaths from COVID-19 and its indirect effects is a bit tricky because we cannot trust the government's data. Deaths from car accidents, falls, and even gunshot wounds have somehow been included in some of the COVID-19 statistics. Seriously, I know that sounds ridiculous, but just look it up, be amazed by what you see, and know that many people who died during the pandemic by other means may have been credited as a death by COVID. But for the interest of it all, let's break down some groups who may see future deaths from COVID-19. Many of these groups were tricked or coerced. Many others may see excess deaths because they were mandated to take COVID vaccines to keep their jobs, or to keep getting paid. They may have taken those shots voluntarily, but they were tricked and coerced. Many others just bought into the government propaganda and the media. Those, well, they are the segment of the population subject to being fearful of COVID-19. They believe the government and the media were trustworthy. They, for whatever reason, think emotionally and not rationally. They are the very people who believe that we have to stop Russia and Ukraine before they attack the U.S. These are also the people who believe that we need to ban all assault rifles because they are killing everyone, even though all rifles, including hunting rifles, account for less than 500 deaths per year on average. Government needs these people to be fearful. Because if government can scare people into taking a vaccine, or if it can threaten people into taking a vaccine, it can incrementally gain more control over the population. But government might as well be a tyrant, because using fear or threats are both the tactics of a tyrant, and the people who follow the tyrants are the sheep, the individuals whom the government cannot coerce, scare, or threaten are the people the governments cannot fully control, and therefore, they are the people the governments try to kill. That's who Mao, Stalin, Hitler had to get control of before they did all their heinous actions. But let's go really extreme. Think of the killing fields in Cambodia. In 45 months, up to 3 million people, no one really knows for sure, but up to 3 million people were killed by a government who became tyrannical. They abolished rights, seized firearms, seized private property, accused people of being traitors or insurrectionists, they killed anyone who did not agree with government policies, they executed those who talked to foreigners or church people like missionaries or even Buddhists from their country itself, they executed the writers, the reporters, and the intellectuals, even some who believed in communism and socialism. That's what tyrannical government does. They all do it. It's just a matter of scale and time. But it's not for ideology, it's for control. Tyrants must have control over the decisions of everyone else. Tyrants don't suggest people agree with government. They declare what everyone must believe. Tyrants don't suggest people turn in their guns. They mandate everyone turns in their guns. Tyrants extend their control over all decisions made by everyone.
1: Bring me everyone.
0: The federal government coerced the scared and the weak, who it could assert dominance over, into taking the shot even though a large percentage did not want to. Many of the scared were the elderly, the teachers, the unions, the single mothers, the poor, the uneducated, and the otherwise liberal. They took the socialist leaning and the so-called intellectuals and used them because they were so easy to persuade. They just told them what to say, they told them what to believe, and those were all things that helped the government get more control and get more powerful. But the so-called intellectuals and the smart people always seem to follow governments. Think about this. There are over 60 colleges today that still require students to get COVID vaccines to attend. And many of them are quite exclusive. They're at the level of a Swarthmore, or Wesleyan, Rutgers, Trinity, Spellman, Johns Hopkins, and even Harvard. They are among the last to mandate vaccination for their students. But besides the fact that the shot will have negative health effects on some of these students, it shows that some students are not smart enough to avoid selling out their principles for their health. It also shows that they are not the rebels in the American society. They are not the free-thinking, logical, or critical-thinking people you'd want your future leaders to be. Now, they are cattle. Well, one day there must naturally be another civil conflict in the United States. As I've explained in prior episodes, it would be mathematically impossible... For the united states to be the only country on the planet to only have one civil conflict when every other country has had dozens of conflicts and multiple governments and because of the covid vaccinations the people who would fight on behalf of the government are already seeing increases in health issues and excess mortality now the first line of government force in the united states are police officers 95 percent of them are not federal but they must respond to, enforce laws, and initially help a federal government as part of their duties throughout the country. Another level of force that were mandated to take the COVID vaccines are the 250,000 or so federal law enforcement officers who are aging out and not being replaced quickly enough. But the main group forced to take the vaccinations are the general federal government employees. Now for them, this is not important because they don't carry guns or enforce any laws. And as I've noted in past episodes, the federal government can have 3 million employees, 4 million employees, whatever it wants. But if only 250,000 of them carry firearms, they cannot apply force against the American people. No one will care what they say. They will be the equivalent of a dog with no teeth. Powerless. And the U.S. government's final solution, the U.S. military. While the U.S. military has a large population of healthy people, they force them to take the vaccine, and numbers are very clear on vaccine injuries. However, the executive branch is withholding that information because the vaccine injury rate is so striking. They force members to take the vaccine. Some of them refused and were separated from the military to avoid the vaccine. Others became victims of the vaccine. Excess mortality increased, Then the federal government realized the mistake and withdrew the mandate because people weren't joining anymore, and now they're asking some people to return to military service after they've already kicked them out, but no one trusts them anymore. The federal government is weakening itself and its ability to survive a conflict, and it's doing it in real time. And in a future civil conflict, the people the government will fight have been paying attention. They were the right-leaning folks who don't trust the government or its experts. They refused to take some of the untested vaccines. They are the rebels that American history looks favorably upon. They're the patriots. They're the minutemen, whatever you want to call them. COVID excess mortality is less likely to include those people who were always more likely to oppose tyranny. They are the people who can't be threatened, who can't be coerced. These are the people the federal government fears now and always has feared. They understood what the COVID vaccine meant, and they began to prepare and oppose government, not only in words, but in actions. And they are still preparing. They see the federal government failing, and they are observant of the chaos. They see the desperation, and they know what it means. So in the end, COVID, the COVID vaccine, and the federal government's tyrannical response did something important. It laid bare who was a cowboy and who was a cow. Many more Americans now understand the threat the federal government poses to their liberty and their freedom. No, government wasn't merely suggesting that for one's health, people should get vaccinated. It's when the suggesting didn't work that they proclaim that everyone must get vaccinated. Or they lose their jobs, lose their liberty, lose everything the government can take away from them. Unfortunately for the U.S. federal government, It didn't have enough power to make any of that last. There were too many Americans and too few federal law enforcement agencies, too many states, too many people who would not comply, and too many guns in the hands of a population. This is why government wants universal gun control, and this is why government wants a national police force. Not to save you or to keep you safe, but to save government and keep government safe by giving them more control and more power. Civil war without those leaves government with too many federal resources spread far too thin to defend, over too much land, against too many people with too many guns. The federal government had zero chance to make a violent, obvious tyranny last. Hence, the fear and propaganda. Anyways, that is all for this episode of America's Upcoming Revolution Podcast. Surprisingly, this is episode 55. Wow. I want to thank you all for listening and keeping me motivated. It's been fun. Should I do a giveaway? Hmm. What could I give away? Let me think about this. Let me start small. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do a giveaway in the next episode. I just have to think about how I'm going to do it. So if you're interested in that, subscribe and listen to the next episode as soon as it comes out. Whether you've been listening for years or you just found me, it is my honor to make this episode for you. My name is Kali, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.